This is Movies on TV Podcast Industries. We're back in the Spider-Verse for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. In every other universe, Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man. And in every other universe, it doesn't end well. It's the first time for everything, right? Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to Movies on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with a spoiler-filled discussion of the brand new Marvel movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am your other host, John. Yes, just two of us on this one, which is really unusual for a Spider-Man podcast. We usually have all three of us here, particularly because our third host, Chris, is the biggest Spider-Man fan in the world. He certainly is, but he is dealing with his own little miles at the moment. Yes, he is a brand new baby born to Chris this week and his wife, uh, Kel. Uh, congratulations to both Chris and Kel. Delighted for you. Can't wait to meet little Miles. Yes, he has been named Miles after Miles Morales. Yes, but with a Y, with a Y. Yes. Yes. So, yes, massive congratulations mm-hmm. to Chris and Kelly and little Miles. Yeah, we're delighted. So, Chris will, of course, be taken up with uh, with the brand new baby over the next while. But uh, he will pop in and out of the podcast, uh, of course, as always, uh, when he's free. But other priorities, of course, uh, will take over from podcasting for Chris for a little while. Yes, like it will sleeping. be sleeping, <laughs> nappies. Uh-huh. And, of course, it brings to mind the famous Jeff Goldblum quote from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Life finds a way? Mm, well, that. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking of the... Now, that's what I call a pile of... Uh, of course, yes. Yes, that great big uh, popular quote. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes. So, Chris, I'm sure, and Kel are uh, completely inundated with uh, with nappies at the moment. Um, but we are very happy for them, and I'm sure we'll be, we'll be changing our fair share uh, of Miles' nappies over the years. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. But let us get on to our spoilerful review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, oh, the yes. second animated movie in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. In the Spider-Verse trilogy, yeah. In the Spider-Verse trilogy, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are new to TV Podcast Industries, please head on over to our website at Mm tvpodcastindustries.com. We, of course, cover movies, but also TV shows. Our next one coming up will be Marvel's Secret Invasion. Yes, it will. So, of course, yes, Mm -hmm. uh, Derek is getting very excited about that. But, of course, we love hearing feedback, thoughts, comments, theories, you name it, Easter eggs, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you can send in any thoughts that you have on anything that we cover to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we are over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 
TV Podcast Industries. Yes, and a reminder, if you do go over to TV Podcast Industries, go on to the movies uh, section on there and you'll have the coverage that we've done of all the Spider movies uh, so far. Uh, we have, of course, covered Into the Spider-Verse, the first of these of this trilogy, all the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies uh, all, and pretty much all of his other MCU appearances as well. So, um, so yeah, go over there and check them out there. Uh, but really looking forward to talking about uh, Across the Spider-Verse. We were lucky enough to go and see a preview uh, of this on Thursday night, the night before it came out. Um, courtesy of Sony Ireland. So thank you very much to Sony Ireland Absolutely. for that. Uh, it was really interesting because it would be different to the way we usually watch the movies. We usually kind of try and find a time to go and see them premiere night, usually less kids in there. But this time there was lots of kids. Yeah, really, really good. And uh, it's really good to see yeah, this kind of movie with kids. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Really buzzing atmosphere, yeah. lots of excitement. Um, and yeah, really, really a good, fun time in the cinema. Jam-packed definitely. as well. Yeah. So yeah, really enjoyed this. Um, so yeah, big thank you to uh, Sony for uh, those invites. Yeah. Really good of you. Yeah, and a free beer. It's quite and nice. a free beer. Well, a couple of beers, in fact. Absolutely. Before we go into any spoiler-filled thoughts about it, uh, what did you think overall of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Do you recommend that our listeners on on, uh, TV podcast industries go and see the movie? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, it is absolutely, from my side, uh, taking off where the previous Into the Spider-Verse left. Mm -hmm. Um, This is such a good animated movie, but a movie just in its own right uh loved every bit of it it's lovely and sweet it's emotional mm-hmm. it's dark it's uplifting it's just downbeat at, at times um i think uh i think chris would absolutely love this 100 um, yep. and i just think it's such a good style of animation i love the writing in this it feels really young energetic quippy um, I just really, really enjoy it all. Um, so, yeah, I, I found it quite overwhelming, actually, uh, to try and take <laughs> everything in. Oh, yes. um, it's, it's very fast-paced, but mm-hmm. it's also a long movie as well. So, yeah. you know, I, I felt like I needed to blink at the shutter speed of, of the, <laughs> the cinema uh, projector uh-huh. so that I could actually kind of keep up with how fast-paced this was. Yeah. Uh, lots of swinging, yes, lots of action. We are that old that we remember projectors in cinemas rather than <laughs> digital projectors. Well, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, the shutter speed. But yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It, it is um, relentless from the beginning. And I would say I, I've seen a few comments from some of our listeners uh, who watched the first one and didn't like it. Um, we've got on record really here at TV Podcast Industry saying it's our favorite of the Spider-Man movies into the Spider-Verse. This is probably up there. Um, it continues the story really well. I obviously yeah. have to watch it as many times as I've watched Into the Spider-Verse. But after the first viewing of this, you could feel this is something really special. It yeah. kept the heart, that kept the characterization, Definitely. kept the comedy, and kept and added a bit more darkness to it uh, for this middle part. So yeah. highly recommend it. It's absolutely rammed to the rafters with heart and soul, uh, this. And dare I say it for me, I, I would actually say this is joint first with Into the Spider-Verse. Um, I think this is shaping up to just be a really sweet spot of a trilogy Mm -hmm. uh, if they keep it together for the third movie. And yeah, these two uh, really have enjoyed. And interestingly, uh, we were only just discussing that Into the Spider-Verse came out in 2018. That's right, yeah. So, you know, we have five years here Mm -hmm. uh, since we last... um, 
sort of went to the cinema to see this event as well you know absolutely and two more things but in the spoiler free section just to mention uh, which do lead in quite well to what you're saying about 2018 being the last one uh, the announcement of beyond the spider-verse the final part of it the date has been released it's coming out in march i think march 24th 2024 so uh, not that long to wait until uh, the next part of the series comes out because obviously they made these at the same time yeah. in the studio which is really good mm-hmm. given the the ending which well we'll uh, get there it's... but uh mentioning endings though there are no post-credit scenes at all there is a beautiful animation uh, of all the cast and characters uh, but there's no post-credit scenes <laughs> uh, nothing nothing at the end and no mid-credit scenes at all other than the, that announcement of beyond the spider-verse which we knew was coming well, fellow defenders, dare I say it, they do a really sort of innovative thing. I don't think it's ever been done before. The post-credits are actually in the movie. In the movie itself, they actually yes. incorporate <laughs> them into the uh, nuts and bolts, meat and two veg of, of the old movie. Yeah, yeah, Yes, yeah. what a strange thing to do. I know, it hasn't actually been done in a Marvel movie since Endgame, <laughs> I, I believe, know. was the last time they had, um, they had a movie that didn't have uh, a post credit scene. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, I'm quite pleased they did, actually, because it really helped um, with, with the ending, Yeah. to be honest. Absolutely. So, anyway, I think that's enough spoiler-free. Yes. Let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Absolutely, yes. But as we said, go see the movie and then come back and join us for the rest of the spoiler-filled discussion. Yes. Derek, give us some of the production details on this epic. Absolutely, yes. Uh, three new directors on board uh, for this <laughs> one. There were three directors on the previous movie, but these are three brand new directors um, for this second part of the trilogy. Joaquin de Santos uh, was a director on lots of DC animated movies, one of the directors here. Uh, Kemp Powers was a, was a writer and co-director on the Pixar movie Soul. And interestingly, he also wrote the play and movie One Night in Miami, a really interesting movie. Uh, highly recommend that. And Soul is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed Soul. Um, so definitely two to check out from Kemp Powers. Uh, the third and final director on this movie was Justin K. Thompson. He was a production designer on Into the Spider-Verse and has now been raised up to director. Cool, excellent stuff. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I know he, he nominated for a number of awards for his production design on the first uh, first movie. So. Great stuff. Uh, yeah. Love a bit of internal promotion there. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, good yeah. stuff. And the writers on this movie are, this time, Phil Lord and Chris Miller with Dave Callahan. Interestingly, we mentioned last time that Phil Lord was one of the writers on this movie and he usually does work with Chris Miller, but Miller actually didn't get a credit as a writer on last on the last movie, but they're working together in this one. Uh, they're most well known uh, for their Lego movies, of course, the Lego Movie and Lego Batman. Yes, everything is awesome. Yes, which would explain the big Lego Spider-Man uh, yes. sequence in this movie. Too. Excellent, yeah, exactly. And the other writer in this movie, Dave Callahan, we've we've spoken about him a number of times for lots of lots of superhero movies that he's uh, that he's done, including uh, Wonder Woman um, as well. But most recently, he wrote the excellent Marvel movie Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Which which is uh, up there with one of our favourites of this most recent phase of Marvel. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. So great to have him on board. Yeah, good uh, little writing team there. It really comes through as well. Um, I, I just thought the dialogue was so snappy. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Um, and I think, you know, I, I have to go and see this again because it is so uh, action-packed and really quite fast-paced as well. Uh, lots of great quippy dialogue, which just kind of accelerates past you whilst you're you're watching it certainly i guess when we did which was kind of right after work so i was still (laughs) kind of like going still thinking about spreadsheets john yeah (laughs) yeah uh, how sad (laughs) Uh, not even the beer uh managed to sort of erase that uh from my mind (laughs) well 
we will hopefully raise that with the podcast that we're doing absolutely uh, tonight and i do want to mention some of the excellent cast that's in uh, that's in the movie as well wow they really did line up some big talent uh, for this movie of course shimmick Moore back playing uh, miles morales Haley steinfeld back as gwen stacy and jake johnson back as peter b parker but also added to the cast this time around is oscar isaac as miguel o'hara or yes or spider-man 2099 uh, we of course covered uh, moon knight starring oscar isaac in uh, a number of roles uh, back then as well so uh, great to see him jumping over into another role in marvel yeah definitely someone else who's jumped over into another role in, in marvel is karen uh, sony who plays spider-man india yes yeah from he, deadpool he played the tax driver in deadpool yes and indeed dare we say it another one who has jumped um over from i guess marvel studios mm-hmm. into sony marvel yeah. collaboration here is daniel kilua as Spider-Punk. Yeah, tell me a while to catch um, oh, him and his accent, because he's done, doing his proper London accent in in, uh, in here, or even a more exaggerated London accent here as, yeah. as Spider-Punk, so that was quite cool. Definitely. I yeah. think as well, the other uh, person who I didn't catch at all in terms of the intonation of the voice, which you really recognise, is Andy Samberg as well, who is Ben Riley. Yes, Dad, whatever. Yes, <laughs> I loved his Ben Riley. It was great to see Andy Samberg in there. Uh, Issa Rae played plays Jessica Drew, uh, a great favourite uh, Spider-Woman. Uh, Jessica Drew, a former uh, former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Sean. Um, so uh, cool to have uh, Jessica Drew in, in this movie here. And the final member of the main cast for this is Jason Schwartzman as The Spot, who very starts good. out as being a very small part of this and becomes a very big part of this. Yes. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Sure. 16 months after the destruction of the Alchemax Collider and back on Earth-65, Gwen Stacy is struggling to live up to the expectations of her father. He does not know she is Spider-Woman and is hunting her in revenge because of his belief that she caused this universe's Peter Parker's death. One night after hearing about a possible intruder in the Guggenheim Museum, she heads over to confront the threat only to run into a renaissance-themed vulture that comes from an alternate universe. She is helped by Miguel O'Hara and Jessica Drew, who arrive through portals and subdue vulture. In the aftermath, Gwen reveals herself to her father, who is distraught and attempts to arrest her. Drew suggests to a reluctant O'Hara that Gwen join the Spider Society, to which he begrudgingly accepts. Back on Earth-1610 in Brooklyn, Miles Morales is adapting to being Spider-Man as well as struggling to live up to his parents' expectations while missing Gwen Stacy. On the day of his evaluation at school with his parents, he visits a convenience store where he encounters the low-level villain The Spot, a scientist who got infused with portals on his body in the aftermath of the explosion of the Collider at Alchemax. After a brief fight, Miles subdues The Spot. But the spot is being surveilled by Gwen and is not all that he appears, as he blames Miles for his creation. He brings Miles to Alchemax where he transports himself into a void and begins using his portals to travel to other universes with the Alchemax Collider, becoming more and more powerful as he states his aim to take revenge on his nemesis Miles Morales. While on Earth 1610, Gwen sees Miles while she's tracking the spot, but is instructed that Miles can't travel with them to capture him. While Drew and Miguel take a portal back to Earth 928, where they lead the Spider Society to continue their investigation, 
Unbeknownst to them and to Gwen, Miles follows them into the portal and ends up in Mumbatton on Earth 5101. They encounter Pavitar Prabhaka, Spider-Man India, and Hobie Brown, Spider-Punk, before confronting the spot in the Alchemax Collider, who successfully absorbs the device's power before escaping. Mumbatton begins falling apart from the disruption of a canon event, after Miles saves a captain who turns out to be Prabka's girlfriend's father. At the headquarters on Earth 928, where hundreds of Spider-Man variants reside, Miguel O'Hara tells Miles that he is risking the destruction of the multiverse by preventing canon events that hold the fabric of the multiverse together, and that all Spider-Men must suffer sacrifices to maintain a stable multiverse. Realising that his own father, newly appointed as captain, will die at the hands of the spot and is his canon event, Miles breaks free of the Spider Society, heading back to his homeworld to save his father. Arriving back in what he thinks is his apartment, Miles realises that something is not right about this Earth that places him and his father in deep trouble. Mm -hmm. Excellent stuff. Lots of multiversal travelling, lots of different universes, and hundreds of Spider-Men and women lots of and people and, and, and animals uh, as well. Loads of, uh, loads of spider creatures too. There yeah. is Spider-Men, Spider-Women, uh -huh. Spider-Bots, Spider-Animals... Spider entities, yeah, spider babies, yep, you name yeah. it. Uh, if it can be a spider, yep, it it, it is absolutely <laughs> loads of them, absolutely. So, there is no possible way that on this podcast we could capture all of the Easter eggs. <laughs> we will uh, come across a few of them here and there uh, as we go through them. Um, we'd love you to send in what your favorite uh, moments were, but your favorite Easter eggs that are in there. But I think there's something in there for everybody. I think they, they, the last count, I think, was 120 different spider people. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely not going to be listing off, off them, but we will come across some of them, of course, as we go through. Let's start off with our first point, our point number one about Across the Spider-Verse. Let's start off with one of those spider people, Gwen. Yes, uh, it's kind of the, the opening mm -hmm. of this movie, uh, really focusing on, on Gwen. You know, Gwen trying to find a band, I guess I would describe it. Right. Uh, you, you have this great drumming sequence where, you know, she's just outplays her welcome i guess with the band that's there she Absolutely. continues past the end of the song um and you know you you see she's missing miles mm -hmm. um now that she's back on earth 65 there's um you've had the death of that earth's peter parker yes. which her father holds um spider gwen responsible and mm -hmm. um, uh, not knowing that spider gwen is in fact his daughter yes and so you know, even though her father doesn't realize the issues in that, it plays and weighs heavy on Gwen's mind, uh, this this relationship. And, um, you know, he's vehemently, almost a Jonas Jonasson, uh, you know, against Spider-Woman here. And mm -hmm. um, given the death of Peter Parker, you know, you, see, you kind of see the flashback to him enjoying um a meal at their table yeah. and all that and also not realizing that this peter parker took um a vial of of potion and to turn him into the lizards it looked like yeah something very similar uh yeah. he, he basically did, did the same type of experiment that kirk connors did in himself exactly. to turn himself into the lizard and he did it because he was being bullied in school um so this is not a peter parker that was um 
that was bitten by a radioactive spider. He doesn't get that storyline effectively. This Peter Parker is the best friend of Gwen. It seems like their family have known each other for years. Yeah. We see Aunt May over there for dinner with Peter um, at the start. Uh, but an interesting story in itself about that Peter Parker, that you know, if Peter had been pushed the wrong way and used his science to try and turn on his bullies, that this is what could have happened to him. He gets himself yeah. into a really bad situation like, and dies. In, in a sense, emulate most of Spider-Man's uh, enemies and nemesis exactly. yeah. or nemeses, uh, I guess, um, yeah. in that they're primarily scientists where the experiment goes out of control. So, yeah, exactly. it was it, it was really good. I kind of really enjoyed this because I, I certainly wasn't expecting it to be focusing on Gwen, actually. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little surprise yeah. at the start of the movie. Um, she but, was a real standout in the last movie, so you can kind of see why yeah, they moved the focus to both of them, Miles and, and Gwen. This, even though there's hundreds of characters here, it does seem to be their film. Yeah, absolutely. Most, yeah. And you know, here you have um, her sort of you know pining in a sense after Miles, at mm. least the adventures that they had. Um, oh, and- absolutely, she really does miss Miles. And I must say, this opening sequence to start the movie this way with. Uh, Gwen on drums with her band telling her story over this really rocking drum beat. It's really cool, really bombastic, takes you right into the action, even though it's not an action sequence. And I love even the quick discussion with the band where they're going, why are you in a band if not to make friends? Just kind of going, no, I just want to hit my feelings with these sticks. That's kind of what she wants to do is just beat the drums because she's so angry at everything that's gone on, losing her best friend and now losing Miles, the only other friend that she has. Um, I love that as a setup for for Gwen's character in the movie. And of course, in in this opening sequence, um, before the opening credits, actually, Mm -hmm. then we get to see problems happening with the multiverse, Mm -hmm. with glitching as we get a renaissance vulture man um at the guggenheim and uh, uh all, so cool. it was really cool yeah. um like i we mean t- we talked about the animation a lot in into the spider into the spider verse just kind of said you know it looks great but another really cool idea here having this re- renaissance drawing of the vulture and things bleeding in that look like Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci's drawings in his diaries of his type of artwork that's what it looks like yeah. uh, where you have this vulture and i love that Gwen picks up on it really quickly because she's very smart and is kind of going, let me guess, you're from a universe that, that is based on in the Renaissance and uh, you've been drawn effectively by an Italian yeah. uh, Renaissance artist. <laughs> I mean, that, well, that's it. I mean, I, I think I, I find it really difficult to describe the animation mm-hmm. here because it's so diverse. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is that you've got the, the you know, the comic book Andy Warhol dots. Mm-hmm always pervading at the back of it no matter what's happening yes you know it's hugely colorful um it's really amazing um and i I don't know how you conceive of that as an animator not being one or even as a director about how you decide what that particular style is um you know but it's so good it's so interesting Mm -hmm. it's it's really is so visual that's fabulous and um, it's fabulous. just really really good and there's, um, there's but definitely it's difficult moments. to describe it yeah and there's definitely moments in the imax when i was watching it where i was looking at different corners of yeah, the screen because there's so much going on as well in, in a lot of the scenes so many things going on especially when we get to uh the spider society yeah. <laughs> there's so much going on that you can really focus on little individual areas uh Quickly, I do want to say to our listeners, uh, apologies, you may hear some banging in the background. Our neighbours decided to do some work. It's a bank holiday weekend here. He decided sure, to work what else would you be doing? On a Friday evening. Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd be recording late enough that uh, we wouldn't have uh, have that. But uh, hey, look, 
I hope you don't mind. I hope it's not too distracting. <laughs> what else would you be doing at quarter to eight on a Friday? Exactly. Um, banging the hell out of your van. Yeah, we'd usually be in the pub. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this movie's good enough um, to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> but the, Exactly. But the other interesting thing as well um, is here, coming to the aid here, the introduction of the other parts of the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. is Miguel O'Hara and Jessica Drew. Yes, Spider-Man 2099, who we saw in the post credit scene of the first movie. Yes. Uh, just saw him in there, uh, played by Oscar Isaac at that time, uh, coming in now, again, fulfilling a big role in this movie. And Absolutely. Jessica Drew, who, again, as I mentioned, one of the most famous uh, spider people uh, in comics, had, has, has had many uh, comic books uh, featuring her as Spider-Woman. So, yeah. yeah. So we get them introduced really quickly to mm-hmm. resolve, capture uh, the vulture. Yeah. And effectively to take him back to his own time and to sort of mend that anomaly mm-hmm. within the the Spider-Verse. Um, so the other side of this then, before she goes with them, is the realisation um, that her father is so hell-bent on getting this Earth Spider-Woman mm-hmm. to the point that when she reveals her identity, he is still says, you know, Put your hands up, um, you yeah. know, he's gonna take her in. Yeah. Um, and I, I that lo- I love there is the joke there where he says, Put your hands up, and then he says, Get in the floor, and she goes, Which one is <laughs> yeah. can't do both. No, <laughs> exactly. <or> <laughs> exactly. But it yeah. propels her to leave her mm-hmm. her her universe, yeah. her earth, and her father yeah. here. And go um, under the wing of Jessica Drew. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, it's really poignant, and I think this is one of the other really fantastic things, um, about this movie it is and i i read it there on twitter from someone you come out of it feeling and partly why i would say chris would love this like it it's so family orientated Mm -hmm. it does feel certainly with miles and his parents just sort of a way of parenting that is full of trust and love and it and it it shows the other side of it with with Gwen and her father mm-hmm. and that relationship and you know it 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 really does sort of nail um the different dynamics of families and um, yeah. certainly families with Spider-Man um, involved in them <laughs> but i i really did think that was good and 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 there is a moment where Gwen revisits um earth 65 mm-hmm. and, and comes face to face back with her her father after yeah. she's been kicked out of the spider society by mm-hmm. miguel uh, for not stopping miles uh in his escape yeah and you know you can see um it just that troubled relationship but one where he you know he's quite despondent down in his luck he, yeah. he with the arrival back of gwen that's his moment where he decides to leave the police force in the middle of that conversation yeah and uh you know there is this reconciliation here between Mm -hmm. the two of them which is just so nice you know those differences that get overcome you know as he he realizes 
you know, his daughter is more important to him than his badge. Um, And, yeah, it was just really interesting. And she equates what she's doing and helping people to what the the fact that he's inspired her to do it as well. So uh, she's using her powers for good as well. Uh, Great opening. Really, really enjoyed spending some time with Gwen uh, in in this opening scene. It felt like we got much more of her character in this movie rather than just being the visitor from another universe. Uh, One thing I definitely want to highlight, though, is... It took me a little while to get it that the events at the end of Into the Spider-Verse where they effectively take out Kingpin when he's trying to use the portals is what sets up everything in this movie. That's from that point onwards. That's why Miguel had to set up the Spider-Society traveling all of these portals and all of these uh, different multiverses, fixing things that are falling through to other universes because of what happened at the end of the first movie. So had they not had that battle at Alkalex, in the first movie, the events happening here and the Spider Society itself wouldn't have had to be created. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Nice nice way to lead on Definitely. from the first movie. But let us move on to our point number two. Mm-hmm. To Miles Morales on his earth, sixteen ten. Yes. Yes. Our fifteen year old Miles Morales. So a little bit a little bit older. Um a little bit wiser. A little bit more experienced. Um, For sure. I would say he's uh, he's spent and the last wiser. the last year. I'm not sure about wiser, but he spent the last year being Spider Man um, and working through his grades. Um, we see this uh, moment where he's traveling through the city, trying to get to the meeting with his parents—a very important meeting in the school about his grades and what he's going to go on to do in the future. Uh, this is really important to his character in this movie. This is his growth, uh, effectively. But there's kind of the comments made of how much he's grown up now. He's becoming, he's growing into his own man. But his parents are still treating him like a child uh, not knowing all the stuff that he's going through not knowing all the things that he's doing and the responsibility that he has on himself um as spider-man you know yeah um he is the only spider-man as they say in this universe so he there is no other spider-man he's the one that's doing everything to save brooklyn and to save new york so uh, so i like i like that there's this quandary between the two things and he gets the balance wrong which i like here this is the idea is that he runs into um what he thinks is just a really bad villain trying to steal an ATM from uh, from a bodega. Thinks of him as just a guy with really bad powers, not much of a threat, fights him off and then gets away so that he can get to this meeting with his parents. Um, but because he does that and doesn't treat him with the balanced um, heroing that he should have treated him with, it sets out all the events in motion because this guy turns out he believes he is Miles Morales, Spider-Man's nemesis. Yes, this is the spot. Yes, Yes. Exactly. Little leaking over into our point three, I guess, which is bit. unavoidable. Yep. Uh, I think with these two points because uh-huh. they're ultimately within this movie, Miles Morales and the Spot become ever uh, and greater mm-hmm. intertwined together. And I, yeah. I, I really actually thought this was a great dynamic because from from the trailers, you see this, you see elements of this first meeting uh, in the convenience store between Miles and the spot. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's the quippy lines of, are you supposed to be a Dalmatian? <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it does. It's like, this is low level, um, super villain, yeah. um, easy to take out, um, and treats him 
just really leisurely in a sense. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's actually, just a stupid thing that he's doing. Like he's leaning up against the, yeah. the pan of bread and the bread's falling through his stomach because it's transport, transporting through the portals. Yeah. He's no real idea how best to use uh, no, all it, of these portals. So loads of little moments of like legs sticking out the wrong place. And, exactly. Um, yeah. it, it is funny and you can see why, why Miles is doing that. But mm-hmm. I just love how with this villain, with the spot, they develop through this you get the backstory here uh on on um him being the in the lab that's why he's covered with these portals and i you know it is that inexperience of miles uh not understanding effectively what he's unleashing here mm-hmm. um and the spot also being more embedded in miles's own story than he at this point knows so i really kind of like that because i just thought you know from the teaser you see this convenience store moment you're kind of thinking oh that that's that's really funny Mm -hmm. and you see it here again it's really funny i mean i loved how um you have the spot trying to effectively take out an atm yeah uh so he's got money and not an atm machine remember atm yeah, ATM trying to steal that to get money, and I, I I just loved how you know Miles has kind of spotted him as he's zipping past, mm-hmm. and and then immediately is doing a pasty in the microwave. I yep. love how you see it all him doing all that, and then casually eating um, a snack, yeah. um, whilst the owner of the place is trying to confront the spot, mm-hmm. and then Miles comes to confront him. And seemingly, you know, takes him a bit longer than he, I think, first thought. Because, mm-hmm. as well, Miles is also going through the voids that are on the spot's body. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just thought this was really good. I, I love the, the dynamic here of, you know, the hero and the villain. And, again, the sub- subverting of the expectation that this was just kind of a throwaway joke villain Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And there are echoes to the origin story of Peter Parker, where um, Peter let a criminal escape and the criminal killed his Uncle Ben. Here, Miles lets the spot go, thinking, sure, he's not much of a threat, and this could end the universe. Yeah. And, importantly for Miles, could kill his father. Yeah. Um, so As he tries to get to the meeting with his parents and his careers advisor, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's the other bit to talk about here. I thought this was really good fun. I uh, really like this, and... Um, and to point out here, there's a great moment in the discussion between Miles and his parents and the career advisor who's talking through all of Miles' results. Um, she's telling them, effectively, he's doing great in everything except for Spanish. And his parents speak Spanish fluently. I think Puerto Rican. Um, yeah, his, yeah. His, his mom speaks it fluently. Uh, a great little moment in animation where she clicks her fingers at him to give out to him and the Puerto Rican flag comes up in between yeah, her two fingers. Absolutely. Very cool. Very but cool. why would he be failing Spanish? It's because... Again, he's not getting the balance right. He's going, well, I should know Spanish because I speak it all the time at home. And he's going out, uh, he's going out adventuring as Spider-Man effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, neglecting something that he should be really good at and really annoying his mom. So. I, I think as well, there's a re- really good moment with the careers advisor just saying, he's lying to you. Mm-hmm. You do know that. And that kind of, you know, piques uh, his mom's interest. Um, at this stage, I think, his dad has left because he's got to do a job. Mm-hmm. He's actually meeting Miles. And there's a really nice moment um, of them looking out across the city, having this conversation. Um, um, with, yeah. with, it's just it's just so beautifully 
awkward for miles and try you know putting on the deeper voice having these conversations with his dad where his dad is talking about him in the third person about what's just happened and so on it's just really really good yeah and the expressions i think from the spider eyes also is just they're just really really uh fantastically done they really sort of show and purvey that emotion absolutely absolutely just just do a great job of the animation it's kind of weird sometimes because we've seen so many spider-man uh movies and some of the movies some of the animations have everybody around in spider-man's family knows who they are other ones like this here none of the family know and you're kind of wondering how do they not know (laughs) how are they not aware of what's going on uh here with miles but yeah, there's moments here where you're kind of thinking this is going to come out at some point. They're going to learn who Miles is and what he's doing. Um, yeah, and yeah. again, it's important for further down the road um, in the movie as well towards exactly. the end. Exactly. Uh, a couple of the things um, on this slightly more growing Miles, he is at that point in his life, he's 15 years old. And again, because he has the responsibility of being Spider-Man and is treated as an adult when he is Spider-Man, he feels at home he should be. And I think we were all at that stage around 15 years yeah. old where you're telling your parents, I'm not a child, when really you still are. You've still got quite a few more years in the US even before you can get a driver's license. You've got another year. Um, you know, no way you can move out your own at 15 years old. You still need your parents' guidance. Um, but they're still treating him as a child. I absolutely love the moment when Miles says the one thing I think we've all said mistakenly at the wrong point to our parents. Um when his mother is giving out to him and he says, whatever, and everything stops. The whole neighborhood have heard it. All of his friends, everybody that's been invited over has heard Miles say the absolute wrong thing to his mother. Absolutely. And he can't backtrack quick enough. His father knows he's going to get it and he's going to be grounded for uh, just even uh, the guff that he's giving to his mother. I thought it was so, it's a moment that I think we all remember when we've said the wrong thing to our mother and drawn her ire. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> most really definitely, yeah, really well observed. Um, and this is all happening at a big barbecue to celebrate his dad's uh, promotion, mm-hmm. effectively to captain That's in the right. police force. Again, coming back to the careers um, advisor, you know, his mum ultimately thinks it involves a girl, maybe, mm-hmm. or it's something else. It's not that he is um, Spider Man, yeah. um, but we also see here in this earth that miles is missing gwen as well Mm -hmm. and gwen uh shows up in um earth 1610 because she's tracking the spot and this is where you know this is one of the first hints that the spot is something uh bigger than what we thought uh he was from the convenience store exactly but they have a moment here where you can see miles wanting to get closer um you know that awkward teenage mating that <laughs> awkward teenage mating dance and uh-huh. dating game i guess uh, but gwen just really kind of put cold water on that it's not bit, in the yeah. same way you know enough for him to withdraw but there's it's a lovely moment where they're um sort of upside down on a building and yeah. um, sort of just looking out across the city it's just really um fantastically done it is Um, and she she even says to him you know in every other universe i visited gwen stacy fell for for peter parker in her universe fell for spider-man in her universe um 
at least we're not like that because uh, it always ends in failure and miles responding with but there's always hope it'll be different so yeah so miles kind of wearing his heart in his sleeve i think she knows i think yeah. gwen knows yeah but i think so i don't think she wants to trust it because she's probably seen at this stage how badly it's gone in other places. Exactly. Yeah. So is there anything else on Miles here? Uh, the only other tiny thing is just, I don't know, is a side character, but connected with the story of Miles as Genki, um, who in the comic books is Miles' man in the chair. We saw that in the Tom Holland movies, his best friend. Yeah. F- fulfills that role, even though he's not called Genki. But Genki is Miles' roommate. And I love that he's still not involved in Miles Morales' story <laughs> yeah. in any way. He's stealing his shoes from him. That's basically it. And you hear a conversation between the two of them through a door where Genki's going, I know the slippery slope. If I help you once, then I'm sitting at a computer, then I help you again, and then I'm the man in the chair. That's not going to happen. So he's <laughs> yeah. even referencing what the character in the comic book becomes. But, yeah. uh, but just a nice little touch of a reference to the character. This this movie is completely stuffed full of characters. Absolutely. And they at least give a little moment to Genki there. So stuff with characters, cool. stuff with references. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it, it's really sort of densely packed here with all of this stuff. It is. Um, but I think we can move on to uh, point three, yeah. which is, I guess, our third spot here and it is the spot you've talked a little bit about it and it is the reason why gwen is really there in earth 1610 Mm -hmm. is because of the spot and the danger that he poses and to the spider verse to the multiverse and and i think like i was saying before uh with the convenience store meeting between the spot and miles it's just really a nice little twist really and i think it's one of a few twists here in in this movie oh yeah uh, where he is the bigger villain mm-hmm. he is the one who got caught up in the uh, destruction of the alchemax uh explosion at the end of into the spider-verse mm-hmm. which has left him in this state of not really knowing what to do with all these voids that have appeared on his body. Well, yeah. Well, he says, you know, I lost my face and then I lost my job. And I I love how it comes back to that later on. He tells this really sad story of, well, it's not like I'm able to work when I look like this. I have to do something to get money. I have to do something to feed myself. And it's kind of taken as a joke the first time he says it. But later on, when he goes through the full explanation of what's actually happened to him and all the rest of the scientists at the Alchemax um, and what they did to him, pushing him out, laughing at him for what happened to him in this in this accident. And then you see the other reveal of this, that he's also the one that brought the spider from Earth-42 that infected Miles Morales, turning him into Spider-Man. So it's a double origin story here, effectively. Yeah. We now know without this guy, Miles wouldn't be who he is. And without Miles, the spot wouldn't be the spot. Yeah. Um, and he now blames Miles for all of that. Yeah, and it, it yeah. is that he, you know, he gradually sort of understands what he can do with these voids, mm-hmm. and they can effectively help him to travel through the multiverse in the same way as Miguel's and Jessica's portal watch mm-hmm. that they have, and so he is traveling around all the different Earths. Uh, in order to go to the Alchemax facilities on these different Earths in order to grow his power more Mm -hmm. by effectively destroying them at at each turn. And 
become more powerful so that he can ultimately um, take his revenge on Miles, who, from his side, destroyed his life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just a really good little twist. As I said, for me, watching the teaser before going into this movie, you do just think this is that kind of initial takedown of of a low-level criminal or, or... uh, villain yeah um and here it just snowballs into something much much bigger and um, you know that really has the consequences for the multiverse um mm. and for miles personally yes. because of this spider traveling through from earth 42 to 1610 mm. um Technically, that spider was never supposed to be in 1610. Exactly. But that Also, that spider has left Earth-42. Mm-hmm. There is no radioactive spider for Earth-42. So it's really, yes. it, it really sort of, you know, layers into the story that moves forward with the, the spider society, mm-hmm. with these anomalies and so on. But, um, you know... The initial travel is where they go to Mumbatton and um, to Earth fifteen one hundred one. It, it sort of gradually snowballs, and mm-hmm. it, it starts off by going to Mumbatton to Earth fifteen one hundred one, where we get to see um, Sp- Spider Man India and Spider Punk uh, that Miles encounters there. Yeah. He shouldn't be there either. This is all opening up to him what this society is doing um bit that is led by miguel that they are able to portal to these different uh universes yeah uh, and in this case if they are tracking the spot and what he's doing yes i have to say i love mumbaison i think it's absolutely hilarious that effectively Indian society from Mumbai is has now <laughs> yeah. taken over Manhattan effectively. So, and there's a great joke there. I lived in, in Mumbai for a while. Work um, is a great joke there from uh, from Pavatar, the the uh, Indian Spider Man that's here, where he's pointing to all the sites of the city and goes, "Over there's traffic. Over there's traffic. Over there's traffic." And that's exactly what yeah. Mumbai is like. Uh, I'm sure New York's quite similar to it, but. That absolutely made me think of Mumbai. Absolutely, and and over there is where the English stole everything. Is, exactly, is the other yes. one as well. Yes. You know, just the the colonial reference. So, yeah. really good, like hugely vibrant. I really, really enjoyed this, uh, and also then with Spider Punk uh, coming in as well. Yes, a little, a little Kobe Brown. Yeah, a little other type of antagonist for uh, for um, Miles because we've heard that sometimes. Gwen, since she no longer has her own uh, universe to call her own, she sometimes stays over in Hobie's house. And when Miles meets him, he realizes Spider Punk's pretty cool. Yeah, um, he's he's got the he's got the style about him. He's got the music about him. And of course, with Gwen being a drummer and him being a, a guitarist, you know they probably jammed a few times, yeah. right? Let's uh, let's keep it PG. Uh, so that's uh, so that's weighing in on them and there's uh, he is definitely one of my favorite characters in the movie hobie even though he only has a small amount of time on screen he leaves leaves a good impression uh while he's there really well played absolutely i I loved how he 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 kind of flicked between the appearance of 
2D, mm-hmm. uh, almost being like a a poster on a wall from exactly. a, a music poster from the wall yeah. to being 3D um, yeah. in, in look when back at the Spider Society. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really cool. And that great moment where he takes off his spider mask and and basically looks like Jimi Hendrix and Miles looking at him going, how did you get even cooler when you took your mask yeah, off? Exactly. <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah. It, was, it was, and I, yeah. I think as well, just the anarchic, tinge to him as well Mm -hmm. is really good um you just get all these kind of fatalistic kind of off comments being said as they're in the spider society absolutely absolutely i think uh i think gwen has met her match she may be in love with miles we don't know yet she may think of miles as just a friend but she definitely got someone um a kind another kindred spirit in in hobie as well so, yeah. But the big thing that happens in Mumbatton is the emergence of an anomaly within the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. because to Miles's character, he looks to save um, a girl and a police captain mm-hmm. uh, as the Mumbatton is beginning to kind of almost uh, fall into one of the spot's voids that mm-hmm. has been... Um, left there with the destruction of the Alchemax Collider there. Um, and in doing so, we learn of the, the canon events, um, mm-hmm. that occur through the timeline of, through every Spider-Man, woman, animal, bot, yep. you name it, these canon events. And in this moment, unbeknownst to Miles, he, is saving he is saving uh, Pavita's girlfriend's father who is a captain in Mumbatton's police force yes his captain Stacy yes yes and um, there's a really good moment where when this has been explained um the, the the whole concept of canon events by Miguel to miles mm-hmm. you get some really nice sort of intermingling of the the live action uh, here, such as from Amazing Spider-Man, where we have the death of Captain Stacy, played by Dennis Leary mm-hmm. in The Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. um, and it's it's just really kind of cool how they sort of insert that into the animation. Yeah. It works really well because you've got so many different styles of animation, and then it bleeds into these live-action moments. We see the death of uh, Uncle Ben. Cliff Robertson played him in, in the Tobey Maguire movies. You see moments with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield there sprinkled amongst all of the other versions of the Spider-Man. So cool to have that. I didn't see any um, moments of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in there, but I know they referenced... Um, yeah. Doctor Strange and uh, and that Spider Man. They certainly did, uh, yes. adventures in the multiverse. So maybe he should be a doctor. It, maybe exactly. exactly. <laughs> but but it was an interesting to reference to them. Wrong. They got the Earth number, the original one, didn't yes. they? And in in Multiverse Madness, it's called six one six. But this movie, as an animation, was written a long time before that, so yeah. they didn't get the change. They can get the extra the extra change over to that. I think we all prefer when it wasn't six one six in the MCU. Um, for the nerds of us, yes. uh, because that's supposed to be comic books. But anyway, we'll, we'll leave that discussion or just go back and listen to uh, to Multiverse of Madness podcast and you'll hear that too. Um, but I love those moments. I love that they're able to incorporate it and they're trying to incorporate every different type of uh, the spider people, uh, I guess, uh, in this universe. Um, will we move on to talking a bit about that on our point number four? I or think anything so. else about the spot before we go on? No, I think so. I, I, I think that, you know, the spot here is just simply becoming 
by colliding and destroying mm-hmm. these um, Alchemex pieces of equipment, the collider. Yeah. He's absorbing more and more of this void power. Yeah. And he's becoming more and more powerful mm-hmm. uh, in his you know, stated attempt to wreak havoc down on Miles. Absolutely. So, you know, he becomes a big bat ultimately yeah. in the end and incredibly powerful, even that he can void his way through different um, to different universes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let us go on to point four. Let us yeah. void our way to point four uh, with Miguel O'Hara and his spider team yeah we have to talk about miguel because you mentioned earlier on about the teaser of that scene with the spot where you thought he was the low level villain and in the teasers you got the feeling and the trailers you got the feeling that miguel o'hara here uh, spider-man 2099 is the villain of the movie he's just an antagonist there's nothing particularly wrong with what he's saying really by from his knowledge there's nothing particularly wrong with what he's saying but he's he's an antagonist in that he's standing in the way of what miles wants to do but he's not a villain here none of spider people are villains yeah Uh, he has a different logic and perspective exactly what is unfolding here yeah around the canon events i do love their cold canon events as well Uh, i think that's a really good um (laughs) joke back at the fans don't change the canon the canon is sacrosanct but when you're talking about hundreds of different spider people it's almost impossible so they go right we've pinned that there are a canon event for each of these people that made them become who they are so those have to stay as they are but we can play around with everything else interestingly though i had thought that the death of miles morales's uncle aaron was his canon event was the death of him is what spurred him on to become miles morales spider-man which we saw in the first movie and in here they're establishing that He's supposed to lose somebody else now. He's supposed to lose his father. That's supposed to be his canon event. And he can't be allowed to go back and stop that from happening or else it may destroy the multiverse. Well, that's uh, it. it well, ultimately what it transpires down to is that the death of his uncle Aaron mm-hmm. wasn't the canon event. It seems like it. It yeah. seemed like it at the time from the first movie. Mm-hmm. But actually, the strictness of it of these canon events and what we learn from Miles through Miguel Mm O'Hara, whether it's out of desperation because it is in a moment where after learning what these canon events are, knowing that his father has just been promoted to captain Mm -hmm. back on Earth uh, 1610, Mm -hmm. Miles wants to go back to save his father. Yes. And that is what spurs off then Miguel O'Hara because these are canon events. They have to happen. These are the moments that have to happen in every Spider-Man, whether it's Uncle Ben, whether it's the police officer captain. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the death of Aunt May for uh, Tom Holland. Yes, yeah. Aunt May. Yeah. All these things, th- th- this, this event must happen and he's going to try and prevent it again like what happened in Mumbatton. so can i pose something absolutely pose away this whole situation was caused by the event that happened in as we said miles's version of earth that attack on the kingpin that explosion at alchemax this has kicked out the multiverse it's causing anomalies everywhere i, po- I i'm proposing that miguel O'Hara is making it up as he goes along he's making estimations as to what are canon events because of the experience that he's had with all the rest of the spider people he has hundreds of them that he's talked to the death of their significant person in their life 
is the canon event. Because Miles says to him at one point, but how do you know for definite that me stopping the death of my father father would end the universe? He says that to Miguel. Miguel doesn't really answer him. He says it's a canon event. It has to happen. There's no way out of this. Yeah. But I think that's where we're getting to the next movie. But Absolutely. But Miles isn't wrong here, but from Miguel's perspective, he, he feels... Is. Your father's becoming the captain. That's definitely the canon event. He's going to die. Exactly. And there's nothing you should do about and it. And it's actually... So the reason why the death of Miles's dad could be the canon event mm-hmm. and not necessarily his uncle's, but equally the knowledge of what Miguel says to Miles could also mean that then this isn't a canon event, mm-hmm. is the fact that... Miguel tells Miles as he's chasing him down, as they're fighting, as Miles is trying to get back to Earth, um, 1610, is that he is the mistake. Yes. He is the Spider-Man that was never supposed to be, was never supposed to happen on his Earth because it was a a spider from Earth 42. Mm Mm-hmm. And yep. so there's no other Miles Morales the, Spider-Man. Yeah. So there yeah. is the the uncle's death was not the canon, mm-hmm. but he's projecting that his dad's death would be the canon event now that happens. Yeah. But also equally, if it was never supposed to happen, it might not be a canon event. So yeah. they're both looking at it from those different perspectives. And it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. I love this because, I mean, it's all in the heat of action and this yeah. chase to stop Miles from getting back, to stop him stopping the the canon event. Yeah. And, and let's just make sure we underline this as well. Miguel O'Hara hates Miles Morales. Miguel O'Hara lost his child and his wife because of what happened in Miles' universe. That's why he never wanted Miles to be involved yeah. in the Spider team. What Miles did caused the loss of his family. He even tried to go into another universe to get back what he'd lost. And that universe collapsed because it wasn't supposed to happen. So effectively in Miguel's head, this is all Miles' fault. So he's almost, even if it's not a canon event that his father's going to die, it's almost like Miguel's going to say to him, well, you have to be punished for what you did and look what I lost. Um, You can lose your father to save the the universe. And again, linking to the spot who brought that spider through in Mm -hmm. the first place. So it's just, I I love just how this is structured, how it... How it all builds yeah. up, and it's it quite is complicated. Though. It is quite complicated. And, and we said we were at the at the cinema with uh, with lots of kids, uh, lots of families, and and who brought their kids along. I, I remember hearing a kid from about two hours behind me, probably about five or six years old, looking at the screen with Miles, Gwen, uh, Miguel, um, uh, Peter B. Parker, all up on screen, and he turned around to his dad and said, uh, "Where's Spider Man?" And I just thought that question on in its own, uh, on its own, an hour and a half into a movie that has about. 40 Spider-Man. The poor father. I have no idea what he actually said to his son there. (laughs) What his response to his his son was. It did make me laugh, though. Uh, Poor six-year-old was getting very confused as to what what is Spider-Man when you have hundreds of them on screen. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I think the other thing here is, you know, we have Peter B. Parker uh, here at the Spider Society. There is Gwen. Um, uh-huh. but Peter B. Parker with his little baby too. Yeah, with yeah. his with his new baby girl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but what I love here is that you know this society has formed around the principles of Miguel O'Hara, and you know Miles feels that both Peter B. Parker and Gwen are actually in 
you know, are seeing it from Miguel's point of view. Yeah. And in the end, it's not quite as simple as that. You know, they do have the the, the old alliance from yeah. the first uh, movie. Those allegiances are there, but. You know, they are trying to also dissuade Miles from effectively saving his father. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a great moment as he's being chased down. Miguel is kind of almost like has got him by the throat mm-hmm. and the head uh, where he's trying to plead with Miles, you know, vehemently, you cannot do this. In the sort of headquarters of the Spider Society on Earth 928. Yeah. And um, whereas Miles is just saying, why can't I do both? Yeah. You know? I I can I can stop my dad dying mm-hmm. and I won't create the anomaly. I can stop the spot and, and everything else around Absolutely. it. And and it's just really like it, it is so fantastically done through this whole chase sequence. Yeah. Um where effectively it's all being explained out oh, uh, wow. in the chase sequence and so it's really good. We're gonna take a diversion here i think um that i love that storyline i love what's going on with miguel i think they've they've given uh, some great um ideas to oscar isaac to play with in this character of how he's totally right in what he's saying but he's taking out a lot on a 15 year old kid here yeah um love that but let's divert a little bit into the spider the spider society because there is so much going on here um they do a quick kind of you know a quick kind of run through of some of the ones you'd recognize. And then there are literally hundreds behind, um, the spider cat. Do we have, yeah, I was going to say one of, one of the favorites is definitely spider cat who, uh, who pukes up a fur ball of webs, uh, into, <laughs> into miles's face. I thought that was really good fun. Yeah. Um, loved the moment. And I know, I, I know we were all expected where, um, Miguel calls to all the spider people to stop everything they're doing and go and chase down Spider-Man. And they all point at each other, hundreds and hundreds yeah. of them doing the meme from uh, from that we've all seen uh, of three Spider-People pointing at each other. Uh, absolutely loved that. thought that was great fun. The crashing through the psychiatrist office where a crying Spider-Man is telling a psychiatrist Spider-Man that he's just lost his uncle yeah. and that he's just died. And the, uh, the poor perturbed... Uh, psychiatrist who's obviously heard that from hundreds of other spider people before <laughs> that that was great fun um but so lively so filled to every single corner full of different versions of spider people absolutely love this we do get to see some of the spider people that we've uh, that we've seen in the past as well in there so uh, so that was that was really cool and as you mentioned of course also the touch of having live action uh, spider people in there including andrew garfield and yeah. uh, tom mcguire very cool absolutely it is jam-packed with uh spider-man uh, and so on the other one as well is spider bite oh, yes, who is kind of manning the control panel yeah. for uh, these portals that are generated by the Spider-Man yes. Society to travel through. But she's uh, literally sitting at home in her own u- universe on VR, going yeah. through to the Spider-Man Society, um, to the Spider Society, and controlling the stuff yeah. from home. Uh, As a visual representation. Yeah. And interestingly, when Miles manages to escape, there is a moment where she could stop it. She yes. could shut it all down and she doesn't. Yeah. Um, so very interesting. Absolutely. Remind me of, of, of something out of Tron, the design of, uh, of yes. Spider-Bite. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, that was very cool. Very cool. Any other Spider-People that interested you in there, John? I was surprised that we didn't have more Spider-Ham actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah. But... John uh, Mulvaney not here for this movie? No, but... The, well, except well, for... Yes. Right at the end. Yep. But 
I um, I just loved all this. It was just filled with so many spider things. It yep. was just not true. Yes, loads of spider things everywhere, really. Um, but we definitely couldn't list uh, all those. As I said, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com if you spotted a spider person or a spider uh, creature uh, that is your favourite. Yeah, well, I, I needed to be, <laughs> dare I say it, made of eyes. Um, Absolutely. Like some spiders. There was a couple of spider people that were made of eyes, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure I saw uh, the Spider-Man with, uh, with the bag on his head um, in there. I think he's the one that joined the Fantastic Four, uh, or sometimes known as Fourbush Man, but uh, it could be wrong. Uh, my memory of uh, of seventies comic books is not that great. So, anyway, uh, that's that's the main uh, section of the movie in the in the Spider Society. But Miles escapes and gets back to the machine to send him what he thinks back to his universe. But that little anomaly that uh, Miguel has mentioned about the spider coming from Universe Forty Two messes with the calculations. And I think that takes us on to our final point: the setup for beyond the Spider-Verse, because this is the setup, really. Miles is no longer back on his home universe. Uh, he's on a diff- in a different universe. Um, everything looks pretty similar uh, to begin with. He go- he arrives um, on what we know now is Earth-42, which is where the spider came from, uh, goes into his apartment, sees his mom there, and he's uh, really happy to see her. Um, she doesn't see much difference in him. No, Um Initially, she yeah. she doesn't, and it all seems fairly the same. Mm-hmm. It, it does feel like Earth sixteen ten, um, but there is just this great moment where the spider tingle, the spider senses start kicking in for uh-huh. Miles, where he realizes after he has just told his mom that he is Spider Man, mm-hmm. and she's kind of got no concept of, of what he's talking about. Yeah, as though this, um. That Spider-Man doesn't exist yeah. in the, on this Earth, in this universe, but because... Comic-Cons do. Yeah. Um, but, as she says, are you dressing up as a comic character? Yeah. yeah. But that's because Spider-Man doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man never happened. And it, it's just it, this great sequence of events, because initially it's all quite warming, because... Yeah. There is his Uncle Aaron mm-hmm. there, alive. Yes. Um, and he's all happy to see his uncle but this realization and then he gets uh he goes out with his uncle and is knocked out and this is where we get the reveal that miles in this universe Mm -hmm. has become the prowler with his uncle as his sidekick yes and his father has is the one that died yes so there's big Mm -hmm. you have this big mural uh during uh, earlier in the movie of Uncle Aaron, yeah. um, be- because he's died uh, at uh, his brother's uh, party for becoming the police captain, yeah. uh, Miles's dad. And in this universe, that is replaced with Miles's dad um, as the mural mm-hmm. uh, who has been killed, and with Miles as the the prowler. It's just so good. It I really. really Really thought this was like fantastically done. Yeah. And um, and interestingly, I was saying, you know, this is quite a long movie, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my goodness, there's at least another twenty, forty minutes possibly left in this movie, mm-hmm. and you know, I was kind of getting the numbum type of syndrome <laughs> here. Yeah. And um, but it 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 cuts here with Prowler Miles 
effectively about to kill mm-hmm. um, this doppelganger that's appeared yeah. uh, in his home, speaking to his mum. But just with, I think you described it as a little bit of hope where Miles is charging himself up to yes. sort of break through the chains and to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes to Gwen, because this is the moment, this is the, the same kind of time where it's, it's jumping with, where Gwen has gone back to her earth to speak to her dad, and you yep. get that moment. And so after it's all sorted with her father, mm-hmm. um, she goes to Earth 1610 to help Miles, but realizes that he's not there. Yes. And um, I think Jessica Drew is also there mm-hmm. as well. Um, and realizing that he hasn't been returned to his earth and mm-hmm. um, forms and i love this kind of touch back to right at the start where she goes and i, I formed my own band yes and um, where she's got spider noir back Yay. there the spider ham mm-hmm. there's the the spider bots the japanese one with the girl inside yeah but there is also um the new friends. The new friends as well. Yeah, absolutely. With Spider Bite is there, the one who uh-huh. didn't push the button to, to cancel everything, mm-hmm. let Miles escape effectively from the Spider Society. Yep. She is there as well. Spider Punk. Spider Punk is there yeah. as well. So, um, and Pavateer is there, of course. Yeah, yeah and Pavateer. Yep. So all kind of uh, forming to come and help um, Miles. Exactly, exactly. If they can find if him. If they can find him, mm-hmm. exactly. So, yes. um, and you do see the spot back on Earth 1610 as well, yes. you know, planning his revenge here. Mm-hmm. So r- there's real trouble for Miles's dad and for Miles, and it's a yeah. really good ending. It's kind of an ending I wasn't expecting at all. Yeah. I was thinking my bum was going to get even number. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, <laughs> absolutely. Um, whilst I was there in the cinema, I think I would have watched more. Uh, I think I definitely would have watched more, but I know what you mean. It, 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 it's not that the movie felt long; it just felt like I was sitting in the same position for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. It was so so enjoyable. Um, I love the little touch there that the reason why she builds her own um, portal device effectively is from something that Hobie uh, had said to her. Uh, Spider Punk had said to her, "If you don't agree with what Miguel is doing, just build your own device." Like it's so logical because. These are all very similar people, or a lot of them are very similar yeah. people, all very knowledgeable, very good at science. Miles particularly is very good at science, and Peter Parker is very good at science. Gwen's very good at science. So you build it, because Miguel built one. Yeah. and built enough for everybody. Go ahead and build your own. I think the other uh, thing... Spider-Punk builds it for it, doesn't he? I think the other thing as well here in this moment is that Jessica Drew, you know, she is effectively Miguel's right-hand Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that moment when Miles escapes from um, from the society, there is a potential, you know, there's a, a look captured on her face, which yeah. is one where she starts to have doubts. And I think that's why you see her also in uh, Earth-1610 as well. Yeah. Uh, so I... Well, it's because Gwen, Gwen shouting yeah. back at them going, we're supposed to be the heroes here. We're not supposed yeah. to be chasing and killing one of our own or not allowing him to try and save his parent. Like... That does that doesn't sound like a good guy thing to do, yeah. does it? You know, so uh, really enjoyed that. Interesting to see that we will hopefully have Nicolas Cage back as uh, Spider Man Noir and um, John Mulaney back as Spider Ham in the next movie. Yeah. Um, no lines from either of them in this movie, but just their presence uh, yes. at the end of the movie. So, uh, so that was quite cool. Uh, and yes. Um, the big reveal beyond the Spider-Verse coming next year to close out the story of the Spider-Verse. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really, really good. I think that wraps up our discussion of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Couple of notes, though. Yes. I think we have to have a couple of notes. Um, couple that I really enjoyed. Um, Donald Glover getting to play a live action Prowler. Yes. So Uncle Aaron. Um, we did see Donald Glover in a very small role in the first Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Um, playing the role of someone who said his nephew was Miles Morales. So that was Uncle Aaron. So seeing here that he's playing a live action Prowler, really cool. Just a little touch, nod back to people that, that would recognize, uh, Donald Glover from that role. So very cool to have him in there. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think there's one of my favorite moments with probably the first ever sp- animated Spider-Man that I saw, which was a 2D Spider-Man that kind of moved on card. Um, the animation was so bad back in the sixties. Um, and I love that he's kind of, he's, He's the one that had the theme tune of Spider-Man yeah. does whatever a spider exactly. can. And he's going, I can do everything that you can and then gets thwarted by the third dimension, the dreaded third dimension. Love that. thought that was a yeah. really good fun uh, moment. Exactly. I think the only note from me is we do have a little sequence of Lego Spider-Man. Yes, we do. You know, capturing uh, Phil Lord's legacy yes, yeah. of, of the Lego movies. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the, just the comment of, that he's a really good one. He is, yep. you know, that's the best universe. That yeah, one, yeah, exactly. And um, so, really, I thought that was really cool. That was that was a good little uh, nod there. Excellent, excellent. So, overall, then, John, do you defend this Marvel movie? I think I can tell. But what do you? How would you rate it? I really do defend uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I would give this five pimple poppers uh out of five uh for sure yes <laughs> excellent and um, i i just this really circumvented my expectations actually mm-hmm. it, it just it it came through from the first one so good and i absolutely adored that and i equally adore uh this one i think you know uh I, I think it's all about expectation i i kind of went in there thinking oh feel as though i've been uh spoiled actually by the teaser um, yes. And in fact, again, circumventing my own expectations mm-hmm. and um, my assumptions, uh, it, it added just loads of really interesting layers and complication to this story. Yeah. Um, and it, it was jam-packed with so many Easter eggs. I mean, I do need to see this again for Definitely. sure, um, at least once more. Um probably about another 10 times in order <laughs> to capture them all. Yeah. Um, it's a great pace. I say, you know, my bum was going numb, but it was just, I think I was just transfixed by it. So mm-hmm. I was sat in the same position. It is kinetic. It's full of emotion. It's dark in places. Um, I just really enjoyed all the different characters yeah. brought to life here, you know, with so many different Spider-Man characters, mm-hmm. they all play a really good role yeah. and some of them just starting off, uh, but I cannot wait um, to till uh, Spider-Man beyond the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, this was a five pimples out of five. Nice. They squished <laughs> it. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Totally agree with you. I'd highly defend this movie. I think this is so much better than I was expecting. You mentioned about um, the trailer. Um, I remember watching that with you at about 8 o'clock in the morning before work. The trailer had been released overnight. We watched it. I was really down afterwards. I was like, "Mm, this doesn't look as good as the last one. It looks like they've just done the same animation style 
brought in the characters. I can tell Miguel's the bad guy. Didn't really want him to be the bad guy because, hey, it's Oscar Isaac. We like him to be the hero, right? Yeah. So I was going, oh, and they've told you the whole story. Look, that's the moment when Miles turns on the Spider Society and run, and gets away from them. And here's uh, Miguel going to be chasing after him because he's the big bad. Totally subverted my expectations went to the cinema. The spot being the bad guy, which even watching the movie, you don't expect that's where it's going to go. So really good. Love the uh, the joke on canon that the canon can't be touched. And uh, if you destroy canon, then you ruin uh, the entire universe for everybody. Love that little joke that that is really important to the universe. But the style of this film is what will keep me coming back and watching it multiple times. It is so beautiful to look at. Um Particularly in IMAX. I'm not actually. I didn't. I think I saw the last one. No, I did. No, we did but see it, the last th- one. In this IMAX movie as well. has style. It has mm-hmm. substance. It's it's really affecting. It's so much heart too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I love just even the interaction between Miles and his parents. Just even the conversations that are there yeah. between them, where he's trying to puzzle out with them. Yes, I'm growing up. Yes, I'm still your son, but I'm also growing to become myself and become an adult. And that moment when his mom kind of releases him from grounding, which is the thing you do with a kid and really send to go and experience life because he has to do that to grow and yeah. that's that's really good considering the earlier discussion that he couldn't uh, that he couldn't possibly go to a college or university outside of Brooklyn because then he's in the wide world where she can't wrap him up and cut him wool yeah. you know so love those moments it's it's just got such a great heart to it excellent stuff another spider-man movie in the bag john i think that's the 10th theatrical spider-man movie released it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of different takes on Spider-Man, but this is really unique uh, and really stands up to this particular oh, franchise, the, the Spider-Verse franchise. So, the whole one. thing about it is really fresh, mm-hmm. exciting, uh, and just really good. I absolutely yeah. adore the this movie and the previous one um, around the Spider-Verse. So yeah, yeah, cannot wait for the third movie. And I think... Fellow Defenders, uh, we hope you will be around as well for uh-huh. our, our take on the third movie, which will be Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, which will be out next year, yep. from what we understand. March 24th, I believe. Yep. Yeah, so not yep. that long to wait. Absolutely. Let us move on to our feedback. Yeah, I know we got to see this on Preview Night. Not many people went out and saw it on Preview Night, or, well, sent us feedback after their viewings on Preview Night. But we did get a little bit of feedback in from Ben Rush. I wanted to read it because I thought it was great. Um, ben says, my eyes are still recovering from the amazing <laughs> spectrum of Spider-Man, women, cat, Rex, T-Rex. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah. The, <laughs> horse T-Rex. Sorry, the, the we did, of course, have... Uh, Cowboy Spider-Man on his horse, um, which was also wearing a mask. Yeah. Great fun. And the T-Rex. Yes, excellent fun. Uh, ben says, off to see it again tomorrow. Loved it to bits. The third part. Better web here soon. Yes. Excellent uh, stuff. Good stuff, Ben. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Eyes were frazzled Absolutely. after it. Yeah. Um, but what a explosion of greatness um, into the old retinas, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. If you want to share your thoughts on this movie in the Spider-Verse, pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. There is a post up there, a spoiler post, where you can uh, discuss your thoughts about across the Spider-Verse. You can also email us, as we mentioned before, to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. That is another movie in the books for Movies on TV Podcast Industries. We've got loads more stuff that we're covering later on this year. We're coming back with our regular weekly Marvel podcast covering Marvel's Secret Invasion. Yes. Starring Nick Fury. Absolutely. If you hadn't guessed it, Derek's favorite comic book character. If you hadn't guessed. Yeah, absolutely. 60th anniversary of Nick Fury this year. 
Um, so there's a special comic out there which covers all the years of Nick Fury. It's very cool. Uh, go check it out if you can get your hands on a copy. It's probably worth quite a lot, actually, um, for a uh, for a very weird reason, which you'll probably see in the news. Uh, but go check it out. Well worth uh, well worth reading. Um, Nick Fury obviously having his own TV series for the first time with Secret Invasion. He is, of course, appearing in The Marvels later on this year, uh, back with Captain Marvel, who uh, he appeared in the first Captain Marvel movie. So he's back in the second. So it's the year of Nick Fury. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, joining the world of Spider-Punk, we will be travelling to ye olde London town, or ye olde England with Good Omens mm-hmm. in July as well, yeah. uh, season two yes. of Good Omens. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And of course, then on the 1st of September, we will be delving into the fantasy epic series Wheel of Time. Season it's, two of that yeah, as well. It's yeah. second season. Yeah. After uh, covering The Witcher, another um fantasy epic yep. uh, there in august as well and so. we've also got some space fantasy because we are covering our first live yes. action star wars series with ahsoka we are coming out on disney plus in the uh, 27th of august i think or late august as far as i uh, far as i know yes i think i had blotted out august on the basis that i think the witcher and ahsoka do kind of hit roughly in the same time period uh-huh. And we'll sort of bleed, dare I say, into Wheel of Time as well. So yep. we will be uh, busy little bees uh, in that period. We certainly will. And it doesn't stop there because uh, the spin-off of The Boys, which is our biggest show really on TV Podcast Industries, is coming out um, towards the end of September, we believe. Uh, but now with the announcement of Wheel of Time coming out in the first September, that may be pushed back uh, yeah. on, on Prime Video because both of those shows are on Prime Video. So, uh, so no firm time but we will be covering it on tv podcast yes so if this is your first time joining us or as a reminder Mm -hmm. please subscribe to the podcast through any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice you Mm -hmm. can go and find some of them over at tvpodcastindustries.com please share the podcast rate us leave a review because of course sharing the podcast is sharing the love absolutely and speaking of sharing the love once again, huge congratulations to Chris Kell and Little Miles. Exactly. Welcome yeah, great to the stuff. family. Yeah, absolutely. Another Spider-Man fan is born, I am guessing. <coughs> I'm absolutely certain uh, that child <laughs> will be a Spider-Man fan in the same way that uh, that fans of Liverpool turned their children into Liverpool fans. Yes. I'm sure Chris will turn uh, his lovely new kid into, uh, into a Spider-Fan. Excellent stuff. <laughs> and of course, just to take uh, Chris's spot as well, you can, if you want to, also support us by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash TV Podcast Industries mm-hmm. for a regular donation to help support the podcast. Or for a one-off uh, piece of support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time very soon. Yes. Excellent. As always, fellow defenders, it is great coming back to the Marvel uh, Universe Mm -hmm. with you. But until Secret Invasion, keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep swinging and thwipping. Bye. Bye. Bye.